0: You are now listening to The People of Digital Marketing with your host, me, Kenny Soto. This podcast is your source for marketing strategies, tactics, and most importantly, career advice from the best digital marketers in the world. From B2B to B2C, startups to Fortune 500 companies, and everything in between, I interview experts in marketing so that we can grow to become better marketers together. If you're a marketer who wants a leg up in this space, well, guess what? You're in the right place. Thanks for tuning in.
1: That's like my favorite part. (laughs) That is actually my favorite part. Is how can I make my class my client fascinating to like their avatar, right? Like, how, how can I make them fascinating? And so, part of it is I always have a form that my clients fill out on onboarding. They write about. What they think, where do they think their clients are? What do they find about themselves as interesting? Where do they actually want to be versus where are their clients in the media, where are their clients reading and watching in the media versus like, where do they actually want to be seen? Like we go through all that. I go through an extensive one-on-one interview process with them where we talk through all things like angles and what they love what they get most excited talking about and this is another place where that counseling background comes into play because i'll watch their body language i'll watch their eyes light up i'll watch them breathe and how they breathe right because sometimes people say oh i love talking about this but there's no joy in their face right and they're like well i love to-. and i'm like do you really right but then you get them talk about something else you know and all of a sudden their whole body lights up and their eyes get wide and they get excited and that's that counseling piece and i'm like gotcha that's actually what you were talking about and so then that's actually what makes you fascinating right because that's what makes you light up inside whatever makes you light up inside is what makes you fascinating. and so then we tie that in to whatever their movement is essentially right like what's your movement what's your piece in the world that you're trying to expand on your message that you're trying to grow or your product you're trying to get placed and so we take I take that that excitement that enthusiasm, and tie that in. And and essentially that is what makes, I think everybody's my thing, Kenny, is I think everybody's interesting in some way.
0: It's just finding that spark that lights you up and then getting that out into the world. You just heard Sarah Snyder. Now, before I give you her bio, I just want to quickly say that the reason why I had her on the podcast is she is one of the premier experts when it comes to the world of publicity, press, personal branding, however you want to spin it, getting attention for someone, making them seem more interesting, and the craft of doing so. There is always a place, no matter the industry, no matter what you're selling, there's always a place for press, for interacting with journalists and publications as another means of getting attention for your company. Now, who is Sarah? Sarah? Sarah was an old co-worker of mine back in 2020, and she always impressed me with her ability to make her clients seem more interesting and really highlighting their expertise, what makes them special. Sarah Snyder is the CEO of Connection Enthusiast now, a strategic public relations firm. Sarah has a vast array of experience representing both high-net-worth individuals, startups, and budding entrepreneurs. Her expertise and talent have been the catalyst for clients securing deals in excess of over $100,000 per client acquisition. Media placements for her clients have included numerous local and national media outlets. These include Forbes, Huffington Post, Cheddar TV, and Dr. Oz, to name just a few. Talk about impressive, right? Sarah is also a licensed professional counselor and has helped develop a nationally recognized $25-plus-million-dollar pilot program involving emergency crisis response teams and managed residential treatment programs for trauma survivors. This episode, again, was chock-full of great insights into how an expert publicist and PR expert serves her clients. Sarah is definitely a knowledgeable person when it comes to making other people interesting enough to be on TV and mentioned in magazines and other online publications. If you're in the world of PR or looking to find new ways to make your own personal brand grow online, this episode is for you. Now, it's time for the fun part. Let's tune in. Hi, Sarah. How are you?
1: Hey, Kenny. I'm good. Thanks. How are you?
0: I'm doing very good. And for the listeners, just to give them some context, Sarah and I used to be coworkers in the past when we used to work for a company called Business Bravery back in 2020, I believe. Yeah, 2020. So it's been two years now. And I've been looking forward to this interview for a very long time because, and this is just my opinion, based on what you do, I believe you're the best at doing it, especially from what I've experienced. And I I think that's a great way just to tee up this question and get more about your background and your story, I would like to know for the listeners, what got you into the world of marketing, press, and public relations?
1: Okay. So I actually went to school and became a licensed professional counselor. So I have a master's degree in counseling and I went to school for seven years, essentially for that. And I graduated and I worked and I loved it. I loved, I counseled kids a lot, trauma survivors, all of it was phenomenal. Um, but what happened is I got burnt out with insurance and politics and I was just like done. Uh, and so I was running some, some behavioral health centers and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So I sent out an email, text, Facebook message to like a hundred, maybe 150 people. And it said, Hey, this is why I admire you, right? This is why I think you're phenomenal. And then I said, uh, this is my skill set. This is my degree. This is my, this is what I'm good at personally and professionally. And then I said, I'd really appreciate your suggestions and advice on what career move I should make next. Because <laughs> I was like, I need some help with this, right? And I got sent back some amazing, amazing responses. Some people were like, you should do real estate. You're great with people. Some people were like, you should do car sales. Some people were like, hey, continue doing counseling, but quit running behavioral centers, right? And go do a different type of counseling, um, all kinds of stuff. But one woman in particular emailed me back and she was the owner of the gym I worked out at, which is why I had reached out to her because she was a phenomenal gym owner. I really respected her, right? She was a woman entrepreneur, all that. And she emailed me back and she was like, hey, she says, I actually also own a PR firm. And so she said, I'd be willing to teach you and train you. You're smart. You can write. You're clearly driven. Like, come come, and I'll, I'll teach you and train you. And uh, out of all my options, I was like, all right, this seems like this seems like the best one. <laughs> so that's what I went with. Uh and uh, sure enough, uh that was six years, five years ago, six years ago, and I just took off on that. I love it. But I really think that's that's what I tell people and what I do the value of connections is so important. And then to taking a chance sometimes on people, right? And and being willing to mentor and teach and train. Um, because I'm still like I still adore that woman, right? I'm so indebted to her because she, she gave me a chance.
0: I want to ask a follow-up. What yeah. what advantages or competitive edge did you gain from being a counselor and then shifting into PR?
1: So there is so much people skills (laughs) that you have to use in PR. One is with clients, right? Because I interact with clients every day on a daily basis, email, phone, all of that, right? And so I've got to be able to be understanding and, and be able to communicate and be able to meet their needs, right? So that's one aspect. The other aspect is about the needs of the journalists. So journalists are often high pressure, go, go, go. I actually took on some work one time behind the scenes working for a journalist simply so I could kind of get that experience. Um, and man, it is high pressure. And and publicists like myself are not always, unfortunately, the kind of people because we're getting pressure from our clients. So then we're pressuring the journalists. Hey, when's this going to be published? When's this going to be out? Fix this link. Fix it, right? And so... You're, you're so caught in the middle. And so thankfully my counseling degree, honestly, like it allows me to, to step back and think like, okay, what questions do I need to ask here? Like how can I be empathetic? How can I have both sides be happy? How can we kind of meet in the middle, right? And so that's very helpful for me. And I try really hard to be understanding of, of that right with people. And it also kind of helps me think about world events and how they impact us as individuals. And I say that because so much of what happens in the news is how I pitch my clients, right? So when current events happen, new stuff happens, I have to think very quickly, okay, I have this expert, they have this angle, and that fits into this current event right here, right now. Well, as a counselor, you're thinking about the same thing, right? When somebody comes to talk to you, you're thinking about the world events and (laughs) Personal, but also worldwide, right? How has that impacted your client, and how can you help work them through that? Well, it's the same thing with the news.
0: What's your definition of public relations, and can you give some context if that definition has changed over time?
1: That is a really good question. Uh, one of my mentors, she's been a, a publicist for forever. She says she get, went from typewriters to Twitter. <laughs> uh, so honestly, I'm like, man, she would answer that question really well, right? For me, I think over the last, last five to six years, um, public relations is really how you're perceived, how you are perceived and how your business is perceived, right? So public relations gives your business and you authority and it gives you credibility. So uh, it helps immensely, right? When people go to your website and you've got the news interviews, you've got the markers from the, from the website, you've done the podcast, right? And people could see like, oh, they really do know what they're talking about. Or they go to your website and it's like, oh, like they have the BBC logo, right? If BBCs had them on, they must be an expert, right? So all of that gives you that authority and credibility. And so when I look at public relations for my clients, that's kind of what I'm looking at. What does their avatar need to see them as an authority in the field and respectable in the field, right? So so we look for that. Um, Over time, I think it's changing, particularly because of the fake news epidemic that we're in right now, right? And so it is unbelievably important that people get a publicist that knows how to represent them as a true expert and connect and I sometimes will decline clients not because of anything to do with the client but simply because I'm like can I really truly bill you as an expert right because you're going to be in the news and they're going to the journalist is going to challenge me on this right is this person really an expert and uh, because the journalist has got to present that to the audience right and so there's so much to it right now Because of the trends, because of how quick the media moves, because of how quickly the news moves,
0: yeah. Now, this is a question geared towards the audience, but also any potential business owners who also might be listening. What is the power of public relations? And the second part to this would be: should someone hire someone to do this internally, or should someone get an external partner to manage this for them?
1: Okay, so. so Those are two great questions, Katie. I think there's value in both. Um, Internally, it's great to have a publicist because a lot of times they can handle things like crisis communications, right? And they can help you develop an internal crisis plan for your team, for your staff, for your company, right? Um, Internally, they help really develop the messaging of your entire company and they can be super... I don't know, you just know the inner workings of a company differently, right? If you're looking, though, for external representation, that's great because it allows that publicist, like I can think almost like differently because I'm not in the woodworks and I'm not in the weeds. And so I can actually see other angles sometimes that I couldn't see when I was doing internal work for a company. And so it allows for me personally, right? It allows me to broaden my perspective. It allows me to think about different things. Um, That's a really good question.
0: And then what would you say is like the general use case or power when it comes to public relations? Like what actual business objectives and business results can actually be acquired through a public relations push?
1: Definitely the authority, definitely the credibility. Also reaching a mass market, right? Because if you're on a a show, right, you you just hit a mass audience all at once, um, which is great. What people don't also understand is sometimes it's not a huge show. Sometimes it's not NBC Today. Sometimes it's not the BBC. Sometimes it's a local AM radio station, right, that you're on. And people are like, oh, well, kind of why do I, I want to do this? Well, that's because those local AM radio station listeners, they're diehard fans, right? They are like 100% diehard fans. They're not just flipping through channels and seeing you. They love this show, right? That's why they're listening. And so sometimes it's better to shoot for a super small targeted show and to super so targeted audience, right? Rather than the big broad mass show. And that's why. And so that's where a publicist can really help you come in and think through some of those things. And maybe both is proper for you, right? Maybe you're going to go for both angles. But public relations gives you the ability to speak to people in a way that you can't, you know, you don't have enough time to meet all those people individually that you're going to be able to talk to doing a show.
0: With media training, the framing of this question is more so let's assume that I'm new as a publicist and I just got my first client and I'm doing media training for the first time. What, like, what is your approach for training a new client so that they can be prepared for those appearances and TV spots?
1: Okay. So there's a couple things as a publicist. One is it actually depends on the type of show. So if I'm going to teach and train you on how to do media, I'm going to teach and train you differently for a podcast than I am a TV segment than I am a radio segment because it's all different. Um, And so I actually will listen to some episodes of shows my clients are going to be on if I'm not super familiar with the format so that I can really know the show before I go in and train my clients. So that's, that's one. And the second thing is making sure like I create with my clients suggested interview questions. So I have them to give to whoever's interviewing them. Like you don't have to use these, but if you'd like, here's some suggested questions, right? And you never want to be overly prepped because you want some some of the conversation to be organic, but that's helpful, right? To a client to be like, okay, I, I do, I am comfortable, right? And some of it's just reps. Like we just practice, like going back, practice going back and forth, right? And having a conversation and I pretend I'm the journalist and they pretend they're doing the interview. And so anyway, and, and so that helps too. Um, so there's a ton of different, ton of things that come into it, even background noise. Like I've had to tell some clients, Hey, you need a different mic, even the background look of the office. Right. So we kind of go through all of that and think through everything. My, my other point to that though, Kenny, is that not all interviews are, uh, verbal, right? So there's a lot of written interviews. And so going through that too, right. Is like, we have an in-house editor at my company who literally scans all my clients articles before they go to the publisher or they go to the magazine or whatever, to help make sure that it's like 100% the best of the best, the best it can be before it gets sent off to, to whoever's going to publish it. So, so thinking through things like that too.
0: Do you like the term personal branding?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> why? What makes you ask me that? Because I've got a story, but why are you asking me that?
0: <laughs> because I feel like it's such a new term and in large part, at least from what I've seen, it's been pushed around mainly because of Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's like really been a big proponent of it since like 2015, 2014. But I feel like there's a lot of fluff around the term that I think you can allude to and really shine light onto whether or not, not necessarily it could be taken seriously, but putting it in the right perspective.
1: So I'll, I'll be a little bit vulnerable, Kenny. I, I have my business and, um, I really wanted my business to look a certain way. So my packages are, are mid to high end packages, right? And so I was like, ooh, I got to look a certain way. My company has got to look a certain way. I got to be a certain way. My website's got to be dark. It's got to have certain language on it. I always have to look 100%. I was, I have a for those, if you guys can't see me, like I have a Mohawk, right? So, so like, I was like, oh, I can't have a Mohawk. I can't have spiky hair. I got I to be in a dress and I got to be this and I got to be that, right? And because my personal brand, I felt like had to match the company brand and it was so confusing. And I was just like, oh, and just recently, the last couple of weeks, uh, people have been like, Sarah, your website doesn't match you, right? Like you're running this company, but like, they they don't match up. Like you're super creative and you're kind of unique and you're kind of, you know, like your strategy is your thing. Like creative strategy is really what you do, but your website's like this dull, like, right. So I have very recently gone through this whole thing of like, okay. If I'm going to step out and be the face of my company, if I'm going to, it's going to be partly my personal brand, partly my professional brand. If I'm really going to be out there front and center, then the two have got to blend a little bit. So I have just redone my website. It is much more of a pop. I'm actually on the front of it with my spiky haircut. And I'm like, here's what, here's what you're getting, right? Cause you're going to have to interact with me as well as my team. And this is how we are. And you know, if that's not the fit for you, okay, cool. And if it is great, like, let's talk about it and let's see if we can do business, But this also goes into like, I am not by any means an influencer, but I post a lot on Facebook. Like I write about my personal life, a ton on Facebook, my travels, my struggles with overcoming trauma in my childhood, like all that kind of stuff. And uh, let's see, I think all but one of my clients are my personal Facebook friends. (laughs) and So that gets weird too, right? Because that's like a personal brand, a personal angle, personal story. But then it's like, you know, sometimes I think through like, are they going to want to do business with me after they see this post, right? About my personal life or my personal story. Uh, But so far, everyone has been like, no, that's actually what we love about you, Sarah, right? So when I talk about personal brand, I think of it in those terms of like, how does it impact my business and how can I blend myself with being the face of my business uh, with some of my personal story?
0: Now, I think it might be, depending on the person, easier for them to define their own personal brand figure out strategies to promote themselves, and then execute on that strategy. When it comes to making other people seem interesting, what is your thinking around that? How do you approach that? Is it part of your onboarding process to get all that information at the beginning? Is it an ongoing thing? Can you shed some light on that?
1: That's like my favorite part. (laughs) It is actually my favorite part is how can I make my class, my client fascinating to like their avatar, right? Like, how how can I make them fascinating? And so, part of it is, I always have a form that my clients fill out on onboarding. They write about what they think. Where do they think their clients are? What do they find about themselves as interesting? Where do they actually want to be versus where are their clients in the media? Where are their clients reading and watching in the media versus like where do they actually want to be seen? Like, we go through all that. I go through an extensive one on one interview process with them where we talk through all things like angles and what they love what they get most excited talking about and this is another place where that counseling background comes into play because i'll watch their body language i'll watch their eyes light up i'll watch them breathe and how they breathe right because sometimes people say oh i love talking about this but there's no joy in their face right and they're like well i love to and i'm like do you really right but then you get them talking about something else you know and all of a sudden their whole body lights up and their eyes get wide and they get excited and that's that counseling piece and i'm like gotcha that's actually what you were talking about and so then that's actually what makes you fascinating, right? Because that's what makes you light up inside. Whatever makes you light up inside is what makes you fascinating. And so then we tie that in to whatever their movement is, essentially, right? Like what's your movement? What's your piece in the world that you're trying to expand on your message that you're trying to grow or your product you're trying to get placed? And so we take, I take that, that excitement, that enthusiasm and tie that in. And and essentially that is what makes, I think everybody's, my thing, Kenny, is I think everybody's interesting in some way. It's just finding that spark that lights you up and then getting that out into the world.
0: What are some journalist pain points that every publisher should know about?
1: Oh, goodness. OK, so when I was in the background doing that work for, for the journalist, I hate to say it kidding, but there were some publicists who were really mean to me. <laughs> they would call and they would yell and want to know why something wasn't up and why something wasn't up right now. <laughs> and I'm like, almost in tears over, it, right? Cause I'm like, well, I've got other articles that have to go or like, honestly, like you sent me a draft that was so terrible. i have got to send edit it for forever <laughs> before I can put it out, right? And so um, I think as a publicist, being understanding of that and also being understanding of the fact that one day as a journalist, you could be sitting and covering one particular storyline or be at one particular editor's desk and then something like you know the ukraine russia situations happens right and everybody gets moved around because it's necessity right and so everybody flips and moves and so as a publicist having empathy for that and having understanding for that and and knowing that no one no journalist i don't think wants to undercut your client or wants the things to go slow like nobody's trying to do a bad job right and so Having some compassion for that, and the fact that it's a real world, right? When we go, go, go.
0: Are there any trends in the world of PR that you're keeping an eye on this year?
1: There's a couple of things with that. So some of it is exactly like what I'm talking about. What's hot? What's happening? What's what's going on right now? Some of it, though, too, is looking at editorial calendars. So, uh, magazines online blogs, things like that, they'll often put out editorial calendars and they'll plan out their whole year. So this is what we're going to talk about at each month, right? For the upcoming year and being aware of that and how that ties in, right? And pre- like I pitched one of my clients for a, a, a placement and success magazine. That's not going to come out for six months, right? <laughs> but I've already pitched him now for the six months ahead of time. Uh, the other thing is keeping up with uh, what what holidays are coming up. So in other words, like is Valentine's Day coming up? Is Saint Patrick's Day coming up? Is whatever, right? And and knowing uh, as that's going to impact the news cycle as well. And then the last part, people don't always realize this, but if you can make your client interesting enough, you can almost create a news cycle off of that story, right? So as a publicist, I say, sometimes people don't realize this, but as much as the journalists create the news, sometimes publicists create the news too, because if we can make our clients interesting enough and an angle interesting enough, uh, we can we can get it in there and get it going in the news cycle. And people don't always realize that sometimes it's the publicist driving the news cycle.
0: Do news wires work?
1: There's a time, okay. There's a time and a place for news wires. I do think that they're important uh, for like Fortune 500 companies. I do, uh, because you've got to hit right that Google search that mass audience. I think they're important if there's something super big in your business, like if your business is moving locations, or if you're an author and you've just released a book, right? Or there's something like sometimes if if like uh, like if I hire somebody, I've been considering like do I do a press release or news wire release, right? That I've hired someone, right, so that that's up and kind of out. But I think if that is your only strategy, you're you're sunk, right? You are sunk. It's just not because. It doesn't always, it's not the same as doing an interview and talking to your avatar and talking to a host or writing for a host. And the backlinks will help some, but the backlinks aren't as favorable as backlinks from, you know, 10 different interviews versus the 10 backlinks you might get from a newswire. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Follow yeah. up. What is an avatar? Because you've mentioned that twice already.
1: Oh, sorry. No worries. <laughs> your ideal client who are you shooting for to be your Got client it. or to see your product or to see your message or to see your, that, that's what I call that okay? that's the
0: persona the persona basically
1: yeah yeah okay
0: um next question and this is something that still perplexes me because the first time I interacted with it was in 2020 for the listeners can you describe what a media kit is and the essential parts of a media kit
1: yeah for sure I just updated our website so we just changed our website so that we actually have the press kits for almost all of our clients, our media kits, or press kits online, which is phenomenal because a lot of PR companies either don't have the capability of putting a media kit or a press kit online, or um, they charge their clients a, a, a fee for it because it you know, costs, right? But I was just like, no, I'm including this for all my clients and we're going to run with it. So your media, my media kits for my clients include their bios. So it's a full bio which is you're just full standard. This is the media bio. This proves my authority and credibility. Uh, and then I have a byline bio for all my clients, which is usually under like 100, 100, 150 words. And it's for magazine placements or for online blog placements or for you know Forbes online, whatever, right? Because they always want a little bio. And then I, I also typically write a broadcast bio for my clients. And so that's like essentially how someone introduces you when you go to go be on the show, right? Whether it's radio, podcast, TV, right? This is the, it was called a broadcast. This is how they introduce you. So that's part one. Uh, part two is, I already talked a little bit about this. I always go over suggested interview questions for my clients and we, we go, go through those. So those are always, right? the journalists can have those as well if they want to use those in some form or fashion. And we also do news and story angles. So I'll go with my clients and be like, hey, there's some general news and story angles you would be interested in talking about. So those go into the media kit so that they have those as well. And then headshots. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, we need pictures, right? And so, uh, professional headshots, whatever is approved for the media. And so, what I've done on our website is, like I said, every client has their own unique URL on our website. And it is literally because I say I have two clients. I have my client paying me to help get them the news. And then I have the journalist who's my other client. People don't always realize that's my other client. And it essentially makes everything for the journalist's life easier because I will pitch my client. Here you go. Here's my client. Here's the news and story angle. Please make sure you link to their website, right? Here's their URL and everything. But then inevitably I get back, well, hey, can you send some sheds, send some headshots, but don't send them as attachment because that'll go to spam. Or it's like, hey, okay, but like, what are some questions, right? So now it's like, hey, and here's the little link you need for all the information you need to make your life easy. And they can just go click it, download it and go. So some media kits will have a little bit more, have a little bit less. That's what i found is most valuable for the people I work with. So that's what we run with. If it's a product, it'll be a little different. You might have product specs. One of my clients has his own podcast, so we have his stats for his show in there. You know, so it tweaks a little bit here and there, but that's the general concept.
0: My last question for you is hypothetical. If yeah. you had access to a time machine and could go back into the past, give or take 10 years, how would you take everything you know today and accelerate the speed of your career?
1: I wouldn't because I wouldn't be prepared for the success. If if I if I went back 10 years and accelerated everything. I wouldn't be at a place part, this is my personal circumstance, right? I wouldn't be at a place personally to have the professional success I have today. And so I wish I had the wisdom, I guess, earlier in life. Or I wish I could have accelerated my career, but if I had what I had now professionally, I think I would I have, I'd have, I'd have sunk myself, right? Like I would've just, I just wouldn't have the confidence. I wouldn't have had the team. I wouldn't have known the people I know. Like I wouldn't have had the ability to create relationships like I do now. And so. I really, I don't think you can live life with regrets. And so I'm always thankful for the lessons I learned along the way. Thankful for the people I met along the way, uh, I think everything happens in, in the time that it's meant to happen as you as you grow.
0: Perfect. Thank you for your time and wisdom today. And if anyone wanted to say hello and connect with you online, where could they find you?
1: Uh, you can go to connectionenthusiast.com uh, or you can email hello uh, at eliteconnectionmarketing.com. Thanks, Kenny.
0: Perfect. And thank you. And thank you to the listener for listening to another episode of The People of Digital Marketing with your host, Kenny Soto. And as always, I hope you have a great day. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to submit a rating and leave a review on your podcasting app. Reviews like this help to grow this podcast and get it to more people like yourself, people who want to grow in their marketing careers. If you want to say hello, you can find me on any social media platform by simply searching Kenny Soto. I look forward to hearing from you soon, and as always, let's keep growing together.